You're listening to Sharni Vision Podcast, a Punjabi lifestyle podcast where I spotlight a Punjabi living their aligned life. Satria Gaal and welcome. I'm your host, Supreet Sohi, skin therapist and life coach. On Sharni Vision, I bring you a new guest each week to share their courageously aligned journey. My goal is to share their journeys and stories to awaken your inner lioness or lion to follow its soul's purpose. Let's join the conversation. Morning cup of coffee yet? Uh, it's still a little hot, so waiting for it to cool down. <laughs> are you a jaw drinker or are you a coffee drinker? I'm a coffee drinker. Okay. I was like, I like stop. Um, I don't drink um dairy so I let go of jaw too at the same time so oh man I, I do black coffee so oh do you? getting into that yeah yeah that's a whole different level right <laughs> <laughs> well I want to start off from when this book came to be when day the idea came to you can we start there yes let's start there uh so I was approach to participate in a book creators program Um, and and through that I was asked to come up with a few topics for for a potential book that I would want to write and for me you know I'm a I was a business student at the time so I I came up with several business type topics Um, and then I came up with this topic of mental health and the minute I thought of it, I was like, yep, that's it. There, there is no question anymore about what this book is going to be. And that's sort of where it came from. I think a lot of this was me reflecting on my own experience, um, me having just talked to people and, and really realizing that this was not a conversation that people were having. All right. So you're uh, sharing where you started the book about mental health. That was a key topic. Yeah. So once, did you want me to start from the beginning? Sure. Okay. So I had been approached by this book creators program to, to write a book. Um, and the first task was to come up with a few topics. Uh, at the time I was in business school. And so I, I came up with a few, you know, business school related topics, things about sustainability, social impact, things I was interested in. Um, and then I thought to a little bit more personal side of things and, once I thought about this topic, I was like, that's it. No questions asked. This is the thing I want to write about. I think it came from just reflecting on my own personal experience going through issues with mental health in my time during college, but also, you know, realizing that a lot of my South Asian friends and peers they were not talking about this with anybody, not with their friends, not with their colleagues, not with their family. So really we were all going through this, but we were all going through it alone. And and for me, that was just not okay. And that's really where the idea for for this book started. And the next thing I did was reach out to my network and find as, as many people as I could that were in different walks of life, South Asian identifying, so I could hear from them their experience. Now, I knew my experience very well, but I wanted to really kind of do the research and figure out if, if 
what I was, my hypothesis, and even just what I had experienced was, was equivalent to what other folks were going through. And through the interviews that I did, um, I learned that, yes, it was. And, and also that there was a lot more that was going on that I didn't even realize. That's so important. I mean, when I was reading the book, it was definitely triggering. So it took me obviously this long to go through it. And, and exactly what you're saying, you know, like, we are going through it, but we're going through it alone, right? And no one's talking about it. Um, and so going through it, how are people, were they open in talking with you about their experience? Or, you know, did it take a while for them to open up? So all of these interviews, I did them during Zoom, because I was doing this during the pandemic. And, and that sort of helped in the sense that talking to somebody about this when you're in the room with them makes, makes it just a little bit harder. But talking to someone over, over Zoom or online about such a heavy topic almost makes it a bit easier because you feel less like you're telling somebody your secret or what have you. Um, the other thing I started doing was promising everybody whose stories I was listening to that I was not going to identify them in the book and, and whatever they tell me was going to stay anonymous, which is very important for me because personally for me, my mental health began to improve when I started talking about it. I would tell people like, hey, this is something I'm going through. This was throughout college, even um, post-grad, I was in grad school and such when I would talk about it and explain to people what I had gone through and that I had tried like X medication, for example, that, that's what helped me kind of come to terms with it. But, but I knew that that was not the case for everybody. So something that was very important for me from the beginning was to promise this anonymity to anybody who was willing to share their story with me because I was so appreciative. And I, I think once they understood that, it was so much easier for them to share their story because they were able to talk about it without this fear of feeling like they were going to be outed somehow. Because, you know, even though I'm, I'm trying to reduce the stigma, the stigma still exists. And, and not everybody wants to be identified with these issues. Hmm. So were the characters where the names just change, but the stories stay the same, correct? So the letters that I wrote were fictional. They were heavily based on the stories that I heard. Throughout the narrative portion of the book, whenever I quoted somebody, those were real quotes, but their names were changed. And, and what I did was I started asking them how they choose to be identified. So, oh, are you Indian American? Are you Bangladeshi American? Um, uh, do you identify as a woman, as a man? Uh, what, at what age are you using those um, sort of identifiers to give a little bit more context to, to who the quote was from? But, I, but I, yeah, the names that I used were, uh, were not real. Oh, okay. All right. And you touch based um, on all sorts of topics, I will say, you know, um, and I love that. Um, from domestic abuse to telling your parents about your sexuality, you know, um, discovering it all. And how is that process for you overall? 
It was actually very eye-opening uh, for me. You know, as a black Latin American woman, I only had so much breadth of experience personally with some of these things. Um, I don't identify as LGBT, so that's not something I could really truly understand. I mean, yes, I had an idea of what that could be like, but really putting yourself in somebody's shoes and then versus hearing it from them is actually very difficult. And and so there was a week I remember where I think I had about eight or 10 interviews during the course of one week. And that was actually highly emotional for me. You know, at the end of every interview, I would need to just step away and like go on a walk or something because a lot of the topics we were talking about were so heavy. And, you know, I would start the interview talking about my own story a little bit. So I was reliving that over and over and over again. So that was difficult, but it was also very eye-opening just to hear from other people that they have had similar experiences to me. And it was also very validating just, just to know that what I felt and thought was not just something that I felt or I thought, that this is a, more of a common experience than we, than we actually think. Mm. Have any of the interviewers read the book? Yes, they have. Um, um, and I've gotten great responses from them, very positive responses. Uh, some folks had, had said, like, this is, this is exactly what I needed. Uh, someone had told me that, you know, when I interviewed with you, this is not what I expected. This is better than I expected. You really were able to grasp a lot of what we talked about. So it was great to hear that from them. Um, that's beautiful that as a writer, you know, that must be so fulfilling, you know, that you were able to put that message across. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when I was in high school, actually, I had put on my bucket list that I wanted to write a book. And, and it was something that I was like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe one day. And and just to see that dream become a reality over the course of that, of just a year and almost just a year really was mind blowing. You know, there was a point where there was posters all across the walls of my apartment of me outlining the book. And anytime I would have an idea, I would write it on a sticky note and stick it on one of the posters. Going from that phase to spending several all nighters, just writing, writing, writing with a bunch of coffee to talking with my beta readers on what their thoughts were and, and how they, how the book had been going to editing the book and then deciding on the cover. It, it was just a mind blowing experience to really see it all come together. Wow. That, and this all happened during the pandemic too. Yes. Yes. I started this process June of 2020 and July of 2021, I had submitted the book for printing. Oh, wow. And when did we meet? We met, we met right after that then, right? Not too. Yeah, I believe we met in September or October, I want to say. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah, that was a quick. And so let me backtrack a little bit before becoming going on this journey. What was life like then? And how was mental health then before going through this? Well, it's interesting because, um, right before that so I 
I was a graduate student. Um, I was doing a dual degree program. I was, so with that, you take extra classes. So my peers were taking four classes. I was taking six. That's already a lot. I was also interning 20 hours a week. I was a TA for about 10 hours a week. I was leading a student, two student organizations and I was also just focusing on recruiting uh, to, to find a job because I'd be graduating the year after and I was recruiting for internships. So it was actually a pretty tough time right before I had started this process. And I think the book writing process really helped me slow down. Um, I did write the book in my last year of graduate school. So I was still you know, taking the six classes, doing job hunt. I was we also had our sort of like final thesis presentation that I was working on in conjunction. So it really, the book was chugging along alongside all of these uh, crazy things. Um, but in terms of mental health specifically, I think when I was an undergrad, mental health was something I had never heard of. And, and I talk about my own experience in the book, but it was something that I didn't even know was a thing. And, you know, the only time you really hear about it is when somebody's like, oh, this person went crazy because in the culture, that's that's the word they have to describe it. And when I went to the doctor and she told me like, oh, this is what you're describing. This is what it means. I didn't even understand it. It didn't make any sense to me. And so the first few years, it just took me a while to even come to terms with what it, what it meant to be having depression. And, and so it took a while to, to come to understand how to manage that and how to be a whole person and not let that stop me. And I think a lot of my undergrad experience was that grad school, I was able to get a better handle on it. So, but, so even with all of those stressors that I had just listed out, I was still able to keep my mental health at bay. And then throughout the process of writing the book, uh, yes, it was triggering at times, but I think having working with a therapist at that time was helpful. And, and even just, I think writing about it itself was very therapeutic. So I was able to get out what I was feeling and, and not feel like I had to bottle it up. Mm. You remind me of something I just read recently. It's not what passion what drove you. It was the reason what drove you. And yeah. that's what, that's why you kept it balanced. I think passionate, that passionate also becomes ego at some times, um, where when you have a purpose, when you have a, a purpose beyond you, you know, and you had found that. And I think that's what helps us keep, not keep us grounded, but keeping the balance going, you know, you have your ups and downs and it's okay. You just got to feel out the wave. And so becoming an author and everything like that, how is that process going through publishers and going through that process of getting the book out there then? Yeah. Um, no, that quote that you shared, I love. Um, and I think that is so true in my case for me. Once I realized that this, and yet any person I interviewed, they were like, oh, this is so needed. Nobody's talking about this. And that just fueled my fire because I, I was like, this is not for me anymore. This is for everybody who I've talked to and everybody who likes that. And, I, and you're right, that purpose really just fueled, fueled my fire there. Uh, but yeah, going back to your question, I think um, this process, I worked with a hybrid publisher 
And that was very helpful as a first time author because I didn't really know anything about, you know, how to typeset or, you know, create a book cover or things like that. So they really helped me with that. They helped me a little bit uh, with marketing in the sense of we did a pre-sale campaign um, to ensure that there would be enough orders for them to publish and print the book. So I was able to do a little bit of marketing that way. They were able to help me get on Amazon and Ingram Spark, which is a wholesale book dealer. So a lot of things that I didn't really know about publishing, it was very helpful to have a hybrid publisher walk through that with me. But at the end of the day, I still own my content. Um, so, so that was really great. Um, some of the cons there were, as soon as the book was released, my kind of relationship with that publisher was finished. So a lot of the post-publishing marketing has fallen on me and that has been a bit difficult. I'm not a social media marketer, so that's a bit challenging. So just getting the book in the hands of, of people that are outside of my network, that has been a challenge for me and that's still something I'm trying to figure out. Um, but, you know, friends and family and my professional network, I've been able to market it ad hoc on my own, but having and building out a more strategic marketing plan, that's something I'm, I'm still trying to work on. And just to bring that topic up, you know, there's not a lot of other South Asian authors out there, you know, writers out there. So this process is still new to most of us. Um, and saying that, how do you feel being a South Asian writer? Oh, I think it's, I think it feels great. I am really excited to be able to share my experience with other people and encourage them to do the same. You know, um, it's something I always wanted, but never thought it would happen. And it just goes to show that when you want to do something for other people, it will, it will happen, you know? Um, so I really encourage any person, South Asian or not, if they're interested in, in pursuing something like this, I would be happy to, to chat with them about it. I would love to, to get more authors and voices out there. And I'm one, I'm one voice. There are so many more perspectives and um, experiences out there that the world needs to hear. You know, we, we talk a lot about South Asian representation in the media and how good it feels when you see somebody that looks like you on the screen, it's the same in a book. How good does it feel when a character is named Priya, you know, and not like Paisley? You know, I grew up reading like Nancy Drew books. I, I am, you know, I can only imagine how my upbringing would have been different reading those books if, if they were South Asian characters. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it really does it really will do something to shape the next generation if, if we are brave enough to kind of step up to the plate and and explore the, this different side for ourselves. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah, our, it is about stepping out of your comfort zone and going for it because it's not just for us. It's for the future generation that that's going to that's what's going to need it, you know, that we're doing it for. Um, exactly, exactly. And and that's one of the quotes, favorite, my favorite kind of quote from my book that I actually put on the bookmarks that I made 
it's up to us to do better, not just for ourselves, but for those who came before us and those who will come after us. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I ha- I love bookmarks. I have them in my bookshelf. Um, but is there any other books in the works? Um, not yet. I will say, um, I have a few ideas. Um, I think having recently just started a new job, it, it was a bit of a balancing act, but now that I feel a little bit more settled in my job, I think I'm ready. I have been itching to have another project. You know, writing is such a great outlet for creativity. Um, and you don't always get that in a typical nine to five. So I am itching to, to start something again. Um, so there are some ideas um, bubbling in my brain. Um, and I, you'll be the first to hear when, when words get down on paper. Oh, I'm so excited. And then last question, what do you do for your self-care? That is a great question. Um, I will be honest, um, that's not my strong suit, even though I talked about it a lot in my book. Um, um, Something that I have restarted is going to therapy more consistently. And that has been helpful and just, especially as I make this transition from being a grad student to sort of joining the real world. So that that has been helpful. But um, I, I did adopt a pandemic dog. So, so he, Baxter, is a big part of my self-care routine, going on walks with him, playing with him. That's been great. Um, I've recently also picked up bullet journaling as another sort of outlet for creativity. Um, um, and also to kind of bring in self-care into my routine. Uh, one of the things I'm adding into my bullet journal is a sort of self-care menu that I saw on TikTok. So, you know, if anytime you feel like you need a little pick-me-up, there's already a menu of things that you like to do ready at hand and you just have to pick something. I think for me, sometimes the hardest thing is like, oh, I need to do something to, for self-care. Like, what do I do? And I could sit there for 10, 15 minutes trying to figure out what I should do. So, so I'm excited to to start using this this menu so I can take some of the some of that thinking out of it. Ooh, I like that idea. A menu. Yeah, especially as a mom and going through everything. I don't want to think too much to tell me and I'll do it. <laughs> exactly. I love that. And bulleted journaling is obviously something that's new too. How do you do that? Or do yeah. you have a different style? Yeah. So I had started it a few years ago and it didn't stick with me because Um, I realized that there was so many aspects to it, you know, everything, when you look online, you look on Pinterest, you get overwhelmed by these beautifully designed spreads and people are doing it this way and that way. And and then I got overwhelmed and abandoned it. But since I've restarted it, I have learned that whatever it is you're doing, you have to make it work for yourself. It doesn't matter what you see on Pinterest, because if you make that and you're not using it, then what's the point? So I have made and designed much simpler spreads. It may not look as like Pinterest perfect as what you see online, but the point of doing this bullet journal is to use it. So I'm using it to track, for example, water intake. Um, Something that um, I have set as an intention for this year is to build more connections and and keep um, following up on my friends that don't necessarily live around me. So 
you know, one of my weekend menus is to call a friend and things like that. So I've really, really listed out a lot of these things that I want. You know, I created a sort of vision board on there so that it can work for me instead of just making it all like fancy and pretty, but not really very useful for, for the purpose that I want it for. Mm. Yeah, sometimes we get caught up with all the prettiness and all the foo-foo stuff and we don't really actually do the work that's written on there. Um, exactly. But yeah, I love that you mentioned that because that's, um, I, I used to have this like fancy like calendar and journal and everything, but I would never check it. And mm-hmm. it came to a point I was like, what's the point? I'm not really doing the work. Um, so I started off back and just resetted myself and just doing simple three-step to-do list and then added on to that. And I was like, okay, let's baby step into this <laughs> and holding myself accountable. Well, this was such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, hon. Yeah, this was great. I'm so glad to be able to, to have this conversation with you and just and dis- discuss this experience it it really has been a life-changing experience and um, I'm really glad you asked me if there's more books coming down the pipeline because because that gives me um, a little bit more motivation to to start putting some words on paper yes definitely I'm always promoting that I'm your cheerleader over here love it oh well I'm gonna let you go was there anything else you wanted to tell the listeners Well, if they are interested in Letters to My Brown Mother, uh, my book is available on Amazon, um, online, and on Barnes & Noble as a ebook, a paperback, and most recently, a hardcover. Uh, So please, please, please go check it out. And if you have read my book, I would love a review. Uh, You are welcome to leave a review on Amazon or Goodreads, or even just you can DM it to me. I just want to hear other people's thoughts on the book and, and what they think and how their experiences uh, relate to the book. So really looking forward to, to hearing some, uh, some thoughts and reviews. Aw, thank you so much. And you have a great day, hon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Share New Vision Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps other lioness find the podcast. Stay connected with me on social media, on Instagram at ShareNewVision. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter. When you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get notified of weekly episodes, affirmations, healthy lifestyle tips, vegan recipes, skincare product recommendations, and newly added Sharni Life's Monthly Book Club. I'll see you soon. Sashriya